Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about whether hurricanes with female names are deadlier than those with male names, research into why so many different cultures see the same things in constellations, and animals besides lab rats that are essential to science. Let's satisfy some essential curiosity. Let's just get this straight. Hurricanes with female names are not deadlier than those with male names. This flies in the face of a study that went viral in 2014, which concluded that female-named hurricanes killed more people than those with male names. The study said people didn't take those storms as seriously, and that hurricane names lead to gender-based expectations about how severe or dangerous they might be, which in turn meant that people might prepare less thoroughly for hurricanes named Sandy than ones named Dorian. The researchers said Dorian sounds stronger thanks to gender bias. And that study was an instant sensation. But it turns out that the research methods were questionable at best. In the study, scientists used data from hurricanes that have struck since the United States started naming storms in 1950. So far, so good. They had independent coders rank the names from very masculine to very feminine and very manlike to very womanlike, then analyze the damage and deaths caused by each hurricane. The researchers found that for severe storms where taking protective action would have the greatest potential to save lives, the masculinity or femininity of a hurricane's name predicted its death toll. But here's the thing. Until the year 1979, all hurricanes were given traditionally feminine names. That means that for nearly 30 years of hurricane data used in the study, there just weren't any masculine names to look at at all. And until very recently, hurricanes have been getting less and less deadly over time. So it could be that more people died in female-named hurricanes just because more hurricane deaths occurred before the storm started getting male names. In fact, if you only look at storms that struck since 1979, the effect vanishes. Now, to be fair, the researchers dispute this and have also noted that the data doesn't show higher death tolls for storms that happened further in the past. And the study probably got some parts right. For example, the researchers also asked participants in a controlled lab setting to rate the intensity of a storm based on its name alone, and there they confirmed that people rated feminine-sounding storms as less dangerous than masculine-sounding ones. But overall, the takeaway is, don't judge a hurricane by its name. Instead, listen to safety officials and watch for alerts next time a hurricane strikes. Names don't mean much, but forecasts and warnings do. What do you think would be more deadly, Hurricane Cody or Hurricane Ashley? I mean, I personally think Hurricane Ashley would I think just Hurricane Ashley, devastating. 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> I do not want to mess with that hurricane. <laughs> what do you see when you look up at the stars? Probably a lot if you love constellations. And around the world and throughout history, we found that a lot of different cultures have found the same meaning in constellations. Weird, right? Well, as reported by The Conversation... Upcoming research from a team at Melbourne University will explore the genesis of these different names and groupings to try to answer why. Let me talk about how weird this gets. Let's talk about Orion. Orion is described by the ancient Greeks as a man pursuing the seven sisters of the Pleiades star cluster. Across the world in Australia, the aboriginal group known as the Wiradjuri know Orion as Bayami. And that constellation depicts a man pursuing the seven sisters of their equivalent of the Pleiades star cluster. And in the traditions of the great Victoria Desert, Orion is Niruna, a man chasing the seven Ugarilla sisters. Three different cultures from around the world depicting a guy chasing seven sisters. 
There are significant differences between these cultures, but the meaning of these constellations share those fundamental roots. And there's not a lot of documented history behind how particular constellations were identified by certain cultures in the first place. So in collaboration with Museums Victoria, a research team will be exploring how cultural differences in our traditions and stories can come about as a result of very small variations in the nature of perception and understanding in different people. On top of how this is influenced by both personal belief and geographical location. In the preliminary data collection phase in this study, more than 200 people submitted their own constellation and story in response to a star field projected onto the ceiling of Victoria's Parliament House. These days, humanity's fascination with the stars has the extra fuel of the fact that we might be able to actually visit them someday. But more fundamentally, they're a reflection and a framework for our life on this planet. So I'll ask you one more time. What do you see when you look up at the stars? Cody, you remember how we talked about dark DNA last week? And there were those sand rats that were like uniquely predisposed to getting type 2 diabetes? Mm -hmm. That's super weird, right? Like, it seems like a human disease, but this animal is prone to it. Well, it turns out that there are a lot of animals that are prone to certain diseases that we think of as human or have certain structures in their bodies that are very much like ours that make them really good in a scientific lab for studying. So today, we want to shed a spotlight on a few creatures that have helped scientists solve mysteries about human biology. Before mice and rats, we used guinea pigs. And that's why the word guinea pig is synonymous with scientific experimentation. In 1882, German scientist Robert Koch realized guinea pigs were susceptible to infectious disease and used them to identify the bacterium responsible for tuberculosis. Guinea pigs were also crucial to the discovery of vitamin C because, like humans, they can't produce the nutrient and need it supplied in their diet. These days, we don't use guinea pigs as often in labs, but we are using them to study hearing disorders because the structure of their ears is really similar to ours. We're also using them to study allergies because their airways are so sensitive to allergens. Another animal we've been using in studies since the 1960s is zebrafish, which we actually share about 70% of our genes with. Zebrafish embryos are transparent and develop outside of their mother's body, so they offer much more information about early development than a lab mammal like a mouse or a rat, and they can be easily manipulated. By implanting mutations for genetic diseases in zebrafish embryos, Scientists can learn more about the progression of conditions like muscular dystrophy as early as three days post-fertilization. And the final two animals? Pigs and bats. Humans and pigs actually have similar skin in terms of thickness, elasticity, hair follicle placement, and general structure, which makes pigs the perfect candidates for skin research. And scientists have been studying how bats age to try to uncover a potential fountain of youth, because bats have an exceptionally long lifespan. Some species of bats can live as long as 40 years, which translates to an ancient 240 years for humans when adjusted for body size. We can learn a lot from our animal friends. Before we wrap up, we want to give a special shout out to a couple listeners who wrote us five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. StarnoStar52 says, perfect podcast for anyone who loves learning. Ashley and Cody's enthusiasm and love for learning is contagious. I'm so glad. That's such a good thing to be contagious with. It is. And big thanks to EEP2019, who says, I listen to it almost every day. It's great for kids and adults to get smarter. Everyone can get smarter all the time. There's no limit. That's a growth mindset right there. That's right. No fixed mindset zone. That's what we call it. 
Is that what we call it? <laughs> Thanks for listening to Curiosity Daily, the no fixed mindset zone. There's a sign right there. Rolls right off the tongue. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today we learned that hurricanes with female names are not necessarily more dangerous than those with male names. And that cultures around the world see the same things in some constellations. And researchers are trying to figure out why. I think that speaks to how similar all of us really are. For sure. You know, we have so much more in common as humans than some would lead you to believe. I think we're more alike than different, for sure. Yes. And we also learned that we can learn a lot from scientists studying animals that aren't your typical lab rat. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. Thank you.